Hello, happy Monday, and welcome to your soulful goddess, beautiful soul. My name is Safa. I am your host. I am an intuitive life coach, and boy, do I have a special topic and guest and energy in store for you today. I had the honor of sitting down and sharing space with the one and only Hannah Moon, who is just such an incredible soul, and within whom I find a very kindred spirit. We talk about all things divine feminine and witchy and... Our perceptions of both of those or all of those things as informed through a religious upbringing. Now, before I give you details about my incredible guest, I have to share something super exciting with you. If you have been listening to the show for some time now, then you are probably aware that two major changes happened to the show and to the brand Nourishing Paths over the last couple of weeks. The first being the name. We changed from You Uplifted to Your Soulful Goddess. And the show itself now has a Patreon page where you can support the show and get exclusive access to extended interviews, behind-the-scenes moments, and so much more. So details on that a little bit later on, but I just wanted to get you all excited and ready for that. And I bring it up because particularly with this interview and with this wonderful guest, we were, I mean, I think we could have talked for hours and hours and hours. So the extra episode that you get from signing up to the Patreon for this is going to be so juicy and fun. You definitely don't want to miss out on it. Now enough excitement and teasing, let me tell you more about my guest, Hannah Moon. Hannah is an intuitive soul catalyst who helps people find fulfillment and clarity in their purpose. She works with caring human beings on a mission to leave an impact in all they do, and she partners with her clients to gain clarity on what their purpose is and develops action steps to make it all a reality. Hannah is also the host of the podcast, Children of Humanity. which if you haven't listened to, I highly encourage you to. It's so good. And now, without further ado, let's talk to Hannah. All right, Hannah, welcome. It is my absolute joy and honor to be able to share space with you again. Thank you. I am so excited to be with you on this uh, cozy, snowy Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Now I I just want hot chocolate. Well, Hannah, um, let's talk a little bit just about yourself first so the listeners know who you are and what you do. Yes. So my name is Hannah Moon, and I am a branding strategist and wardrobe stylist turned intuitive catalyst. So I, I work with people in developing goals and how to pursue them without the pressure of performance. Um, I really love helping individuals find and identify their purpose in the stage of life that they're in and then how to pursue that without it having to be dictated necessarily by proving themselves or showing that they're capable. So oftentimes my my clients' goals are to like creating long-term goals and how to get there slower than versus like racing to the finish line and actually enjoying life. Um, So I really love helping people finding authenticity and a huge portion of what I do is also deconstruction 
of beliefs, um, primarily Christian beliefs, just because that's my background, but really helping people to understand like no matter what your belief is, whether it's in a religion or a political ideology or whatnot, just to how to like question that and then be able to really identify like what's your truth and what's truth that someone has just told you is true. Wow. So much power to that because it's the it's the deconstruction of the programming, right? It's almost like stepping right. out of the matrix. So in a sense, you're like Morpheus. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Like I wish that that would be really cool. <laughs> so actually, yes. And Hannah, that's that's for the listeners, the reason why I reached out to Hannah and where I connected with her. I felt like on an energetic level because I came across her um, Instagram and she was talking all things witchy, but from a Christian perspective and all the things that she's learned in the switching of that paradigm. And I was immediately all fired up and ready to ask her to come on the show. And that is why we are being, we are here to share in that space with all of you. So before we get deeper into that, a little bit of a background on myself as well, which some of the listeners will be familiar with because I've shared about it a bit more on other episodes. Wow, talking is like really difficult at this moment. Okay, <laughs> like I, said, roll with I, think that. That, <laughs> I think it's that like energy hangover that we all have from this like wild the heightened. Week, so. Yeah, the yeah. heightened week. Yes, I totally agree. Which which empaths, we always feel the collective energy anyway. So times where things get really, really heightened, we're always like, why am I feeling all over the place? Yes, I'm so drained. <laughs> Even though I'm so glad we're here together. I'm like, you know what, we can just be energetically and emotionally hungover together. <laughs> you know what? I'm all for it. And thank you for being open for that space. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> so That's yes, good. a little bit of a background on that. And the reason why this has been so powerful for me and why I think it's important to open the doors to speak about is I grew up in a Christian household and little by little as I grew, my mom started really furthering her own spiritual path. And in that she did a bit more research about her own beliefs and her connection to just a lot of stuff. It's kind of a long story, but to make it very, very long story short, she moved into Judaism and of course brought me along because I was the youngest and the one that was still at home. So brought me along and then in a sense brought the family along a little bit with that and so I've had exposure to both aspects of the the development at the same time also having grown up in Mexico City and being exposed to the Catholic point of that belief so I've been really blessed I would say in a sense in in as much as I've been exposed to all of these different beliefs very much still within the same sort of energetic field I would say but also mm -hmm. very different from one another within the same energetic field. So I've really learned and grown from that. But what was always so interesting to me and a bit of a point of, I wouldn't say pain, but maybe a point of disconnect for me was that growing up, all the things that I was drawn to were seen as evil or demonic or dark, or I couldn't really bring them up, or it was like a taboo. And so starting with the fact that I was always very much drawn to the realm of the fantasy and the realm of magic. And in that sense, that call of the inner witch, I think was always in me because that was my essence, you know, and it called to me very deeply, but it also called to me from a almost priestess 
type space. And I didn't really acknowledge it until much later in life. So like when you're growing up, you know, there was stuff like the craft and things like those and those really appealed to me, but it was always like a no, no. And so it was kind of like a secret, very like almost like a dirty type secret that I had to keep to myself. It's kind of like very akin to the feeling of shame that we put around our sexuality. So Mm -hmm. I kind of had that hidden, like that aspect of myself hidden in the closet, so to speak. And then at the same time, dealing with my own sexuality and dealing with like my beliefs on God and goddess because I came across the sense of goddess fairly early, I'd say. And but one of the biggest sort of ding, ding, ding moments really came after sort of reading and rereading the mists of Avalon. And that's where I really started to feel that call of like the priestess and the goddess and the sacred feminine and the divine feminine energy. And I say all of that long winded story, just to say that both of us, Hannah and I, I think have been exposed to beliefs that very much meant something to us, but that also made us feel othered and wrong in many ways. And especially as we further went into our divine feminine journey, which is where I would like to start with you, because I know that you've had a recent and very unique experience with the divine feminine. So if you could share a bit about that first, we can go from there. Yes. So this last year, man, this last year for everybody across the globe, it was a an insane year. And I do have to say, like, I had this in just like a massive awakening last year. And I really have always kind of struggled with the feminine aspect because that was something that I always had to be like, I had to be this beautiful Southern, you know, girl and you know, basically it, my path was, I was supposed to get married, have kids. And that was it, you know, just be like a good Christian woman and, you know, probably lead some community groups at my church. And as I got older, I just really, really wanted to fight like everything that was ever placed on me. So I've, I very much have like much more of a masculine Um, energy about me. And I really loved that. I loved that. And I still love that because I think that we all have a beautiful balance. But this last year was a lot of me healing my mother wounds and to be able to finally accept that divine feminine in me and it not have to have this like meek and mild and weak and too flowy, but like way more empowerment and confidence. And throughout my wardrobe styling career, I loved working with female entrepreneurs and I really loved helping them identify like who they really were and then to use their wardrobe as a way to express that. And so I do, I've always loved the empowerment of women, but it still was coming from this very masculine approach of like structure and aggression. And I say aggression in like a very positive sense, like being ambitious But it was so hard for me to let go of what I believed equals femininity and like what was soft and what was in flow and realize how the two of them just work so beautifully hand in hand. And and honestly, a lot of my divine feminine has had to just really come to the surface um, in order for me to heal so much of my trauma and my background. And I realized just how much more empowering and, and just powerful feminine energy really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay. Whew, deep breath. Cause there are so many different points that I want to explore here with you. So I'm going to try not to do this in a very rambly way. <laughs> so yeah, no. first of all, I love that sense of presence within yourself about the distinct energies and the distinct spaces and ways in which we sort of separate the feminine versus the masculine, whereas mm -hmm. really both are equal in the sense that they are just two sides of the same coin, Yeah, each with its own gifts and its own tasks and its own strengths, etc. And so I love that because for most of us, the journey up to this point has been very much centered in the masculine, but also at the same time centered in the masculine without a balance point or without a true connection to the divine masculine, which is also very beautiful and which my own journey has sort of been a little bit more taxing in that space. You know, not that I've always been more feminine. I think that much like you, I've always leaned more toward my own masculine side. But in that same way, I have had a lot of core wounding around the divine masculine that has mm -hmm. had to heal over the last couple of years, literally over the last like two years for me to finally understand and recognize that it isn't about wronging or othering either mm -hmm. of the energies, but honoring their whole divine and really balanced states versus yeah. playing at their more imbalanced or even toxic levels. And I say that not to like evoke the usual things, but like really, really what to, what puts one sort of more in disorder than the other. So I love that about mm -hmm. what you just said. And then all of the noticing all of the patterning that comes up when we feel like we quote unquote should or quote unquote must and the good little girl paradigm, mm -hmm. all of which yeah. are things that I love to talk about with my clients and which I've brought up already in my past um divine feminine workshops and stuff. So it's really interesting because we do carry these words like yolks, you know, around our bodies and chains that keep us mm -hmm. very much tethered down to old ideas that then don't really merge or don't really jive with the true essence of the feminine, which is so much more fluid in a very powerful way and which mm -hmm. is very much life bringing and affirming and is so like almost explosive and awe inspiring because to see the divine feminine, in my opinion, is to be in a state of awe and wonder. So because she's so much that beautiful, uncontrollable, it's like looking at a lioness in front of you. You're not going to take it for granted and you're not going to be like, oh, whatever, you know, she's a she. <laughs> you're going to be right. in awe and maybe a little scared and for good reason. And that's exactly where the divine feminine goes. And then the last which, um, last point to connect here that I want us to go further into, which is, well, two. One, I actually made notes as you were talking, so I tried to organize myself. One was, <laughs> which was the, uh, the female empowerment in terms of pulling outside of the rigidity of what has become the disconnected masculine, because the masculine creates in a much more 
linear way or it's much more penetrating. And I mean that in a good way. I don't mean it, you know, in a violating way, but it's much more penetrating and much more forceful. Whereas the feminine creates in undulations. She moves in circles and she is, she's got the task of full circling things. And that sounds weird, but why I say that is because it's the unearthing and then the rebirthing. And it's a constant flux that she's always moving in and out of. And so in that sense, it's the full embodiment of the universe. And what strikes me about that is that those are words of power or thoughts of ideas of power about the feminine that we are not used to touching into. And which I believe are part of part of the big reason why the dissociation with and the repudiation of the witch. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. So it's just very interesting. And for for us who were raised in a very much, uh, I would say confined way. That's a great word. Yes. yes. <laughs> confined way around the feminine even more so. Because, I mean, tell me a little bit. I, I'm curious to hear from your point of the experience of the feminine as you were brought up in church and how that affected your connection to the word and the aspect of the witch and kind of what changes for you to get to this point. Yeah. So this past year, I mean, I think this goes said for everyone that was quarantining at home is that we've, we really like massively uh, had to unlearn a lot of what we've known for so long. And so even whenever it comes to talking about like the feminine and the masculine, we have so many different ideas of what that means based off of like our gender constructs in society and mm -hmm. having to unlearn that and re-piece it together. So I, if for anyone that's listening, that's non-binary, um, I know that listening to like duality of feminine and masculine can be really frustrating. And again, it's yeah. just words that we've placed to things like that's just, I mean, we cannot help but label everything. And those are the two labels. But I, I over the last year have realized how it's more about being gender full. So it's like so much fullness of both and the beauty in what both of them mean together versus like removed from society so if mm -hmm. you know there's probably a lot of people listening to this that realize like a lot of the way that they presented themselves in the world was because of how they were raised how they were told to behave and like I've been home almost every day all day for a year and the way that I even dress look talk act is so different because I'm no longer performing for anyone mm -hmm. um so with that I started to give myself permission to really start exploring other things because I had like left the church three years ago, but it wasn't like this grandiose, like I'm leaving. It was, it was genuinely like I had to, I had to work on the weekend. So I couldn't physically go to church. And, um, I had gone through like a pretty, you know, gnarly abusive, like marriage and divorce in a very quick span of time. And so I had asked God or, or told God, I was just like, I need a break. Like throughout this time of like rebuilding my life, I can't focus on like outwardly looking like the good Christian girl that's like mm -hmm. turning to you in a time of need. Like I got to put my boots on and I got to like get my nose to the ground and hustle to like make my dreams come true and to get myself 
in a good place, like, you know, financially, Mm -hmm. emotionally and all that kind of stuff. And so then what ended up happening is I burnt myself out because I was so focused on more of that, like masculinity of like hustle, ambition, achieve money, finances, goals that in a weird way, 2020 was such a gift because it gave me the space to, I mean, I honestly had to just come to a full stop, just a full stop. And I realized like being in my home, not being able to to run my business the way that I wanted to, like everything in the beauty industry just like was gone in an instant, like styling, makeup, hair, television, like all everything that I was in just was gone. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with myself? So I ended up meditating for the like first time really in my life. So instead of doing like a 10 minute meditation, I was like, you know what, I'm going to like go all in. I'm going to do something weird. So I did like a hour and a half long meditation of, I think it was of like maybe activating your third eye and meeting your spirit guides or something like that. And I was just like, let's go. And it ended up being one of the most mystical, insane experiences of my life that I could not deny what I had experienced. And I had never experienced like that, anything like that in prayer before. And in this meditation, um, Jesus like had come to me and said, like, I know we've been apart, but it's time that we start rebuilding again. And it was like, not at all like um, aggressive or like scary or anything like that. Like, I just think whenever you hear stuff like that, it just seems very like oppressive. Like, damn, Jesus, why'd you have to ruin the meditation? But it actually was like a very loving invitation for us to like rebuild. So I thought, I was like, you know, since this happened in a very, what, you know, people would call quote unquote woo-woo experience, like what else is out there that I've never tried that could potentially build my relationship with source, with the divine, with God, with goddess. And so that's whenever I started exploring um, a lot. I mean, I meditate now all the time. So meditation, uh, candle magic, astrology, crystals, and I just had so much fun. And then like my biggest thing is tarot. Like tarot for me has become my like number one tool for communication and for communion with the divine. And that's how like, it kind of like you would think this would pull you away from whatever your beliefs are. But when I stopped holding on to the rigidity of the dogma of the church and like let it flow, it actually kind of brought me more into a full circle of being like, wow, like being a Christian in the sense of what Christ would be like, mm-hmm. you know, and following more like Christ's like what he taught versus what like the Bible says Um, in witchcraft go like hand in hand. I was like, this is like, you know, one and the same. And so I actually think it goes so beautifully together. Wow. Yeah. No, I, (laughs) I'm sitting here (laughs) trying to sort my thoughts and organize. But first, if you're, if you're someone who's listening to this and these concepts are scaring you first, Allow me to invite you to get curious. I think one of the biggest 
disconnects for us as humans, or one of the biggest lies we can tell ourselves is that things are absolute and there's no way around anything else because we that engenders a lot of rigidity. And it actually comes from ego trying to sort the world out into little boxes. It's like, mm-hmm. this is good. This is bad. This is dark. This is light. This is where I step into. This is not. This is, you know, scary. This isn't, et cetera, which is fine. It's, it's ego is always trying to protect us. So it's not as if ego itself is evil. And I say that all the time and I've said it often yeah. on this show, but it's just a good re- sort of like repeat of that. Um, I bring that up because, of course, we get this information and we get told these are your parameters. This is the line. You will not cross this line and you will stay within these ranges. And if you go outside of that, then you're immediately wrong or evil or you should feel guilty or you're gross or diseased or whatever. And what that starts doing is it starts really throwing around really heavy shackles of guilt and shame. Mm Because in my experience and from what I've learned is that if you are going to be easily controlled and if you're going to be enslaved by something, it is going to be guilt and shame. Oh, yeah. And that could be, yeah, and that could be self-enslavement or it could be coming from an outside source. And the reason I say that is I would love for us all to get really curious to go further and really inspect and sit with what's coming up. So if information is being given to you and you start feeling like you carry that burden of of guilt and shame and should and must and have to, I would take a little bit of a step back and observe all the information that's being brought to you because let's look specifically at the paradigm or the concept or the story of the witch. As it stands right now, as a story, it has been very detrimental because it's been meant to be used as a deterrent for a powerful woman. So in what one of the things that always cracks me up, and you and I talked about this previously, but I will bring it up yet again because it's just too mm-hmm. funny not to, <laughs> is the fact that like a lot of our common or maybe a lot of the things and a lot of the ideas that were used to demonize witches from the beginning was this book called the Malaeus Maleficarum, who, in my opinion, the author of this was strictly someone who was very misogynistic and maybe like the original incel, like this dude just, yeah, for real though. And he, one of the things that always sticks out to me most about this crazy, crazy book, Outlandish, is that there's this concept of that witches go around chopping people's like men's penises off and keeping them in a cage <laughs> to feed them oats we, <laughs> I think it's we, so funny like I'm like okay I I guess like sure I'll keep that story that one's <laughs> it's just I can't it's too too funny like and too outlandish and yet women really were thrown you know into the fire and hung and tortured and held underwater or thrown into water to see if they floated or not because a lot of these ideas came from this ridiculous text that is like so so gross and also so ridiculously funny but it's because to me a witch is a woman who has completely embodied the divine feminine within herself and who has stepped into her her full power. And the power of the divine feminine has been quelled and smushed and pushed away and belittled and hidden and shackled around with guilt and shame. There I go again, but it's true Mm -hmm. for so, so 
long. Yes. We really believed that paradigm. We've really believed the lie. We've really believed the story. Women are wrong. Women are evil. You know, women are seductresses. They're the ones who cause the fall of men. And they're the ones that it's their fault. We're in this. And they're the ones that, you know, original sin comes from and all of this other stuff where as the true essence of the feminine is so freaking different from that. And if you look at it and you really take notice of, hey, an empowered feminine energy is going to stand up and speak up for herself, for those who do not or cannot speak for themselves, will stand up and really be fearful, fear, no, 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 fearsome in defending the ones that she loves, the people who need her the most, the situations that are calling for justice the most. She is going to really be loving and really hold space for herself first and then everybody else around her. Have the capacity of the sacred chalice to give and receive in equal measure, to be a priestess and be devoted to the divine, to be a channel through which the divine can speak. So, you know, priestesses, or if you want to talk about prophetesses, who we really never hear about because it's all centric around the male prophets, and usually the females get called witches, you know, (laughs) or evil. It's just mind boggling to me. And so that's one aspect to me that was always so confusing about being in a heavily religious space where the female always had to be put in its place. Mm -hmm. And it's also so weird because if you, if you were raised in the church, this will probably resonate. And if you haven't, but you've like explored and like read about like this. So it's such a paradox because women are consistently like put in their place, but they're also reminded of how powerful they are. And that's why they have to be like, that's why they have to like restrain themselves because they could lead men astray. And it's this really weird, um, like uh, honest honesty of like, y'all are so powerful. So we have to like keep you down. And I remember being so confused as I like entered middle school age knowing that I'm supposed to be like submissive to men, submissive to male leadership, and then also reminded that like, I need to make sure I cover up my body because I could lead a man astray. And it's like, Mm. just with my body, I could completely demolish a man's integrity. (laughs) Like, wait a minute, what's up with this? And so it's like this weird duality of like being weak and submissive. And it's also like being beaten into us um, you know, verbally and physically that we have to be submissive because we are so powerful. It's and such a weird dichotomy. Yeah, it's you're right. So weird. And then it's like, that's why I love the word witch. When I first started, because we talked about this before, like it is clearly a huge trend on social media. Mm-hmm. Like spirituality has been, you know, trending, you know, since the sixties, but like even more so now, I think just because so many people have been home that spirituality has really grown, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. But with that also comes responsibility, like people need to do their research. And so before I just wanted to hop on the witch train and be like, yeah, I'm a witch. Um, I decided I was like, I want to know like all the ins and outs, like, what does that truly mean? and read the history. And again, like it is a label, just like everything else that we have, but it is a very powerful label. And if you feel aligned with reclaiming the witch, go for it. Like 
like you said before, like this, the history of witchcraft and or the history of the persona of the witch was created in the 14th century, along with the, the personality of Satan. So all of this was created to scare people into obeying the king, the government and the church. And if you didn't obey any of these three entities, then you were a devil worshiper. You were evil. If you're not for God, you're not for the king. So you're evil. And legit i mean like over nine million people were killed not just women but their husbands or any men that didn't call these women out or their children in the name of witchcraft so it is like passed down in our dna to even just be scared of the idea of witches and of course hollywood has not really helped but i have to say my favorite like show whenever his kid was halloween town and that was when i remember i was like i wish this was a real place and i really wish i was this girl right now and i wish i was riding this bus to this like witchy town and uh, and i think that there's so many of us women particularly i know there's a lot of men too that resonate with it but like have had this calling towards witchcraft since we were kids and it's like something is calling us back and I think that you can literally have any kind of belief system and witchcraft goes beautifully with it because and also there's a lot of people that do very similar rituals and healing and they just don't identify with the word witch and that's okay too so like just because you like doing candle magic doesn't mean you have you are a witch or you have to be a witch and just because you are a witch doesn't mean you have to do candle magic I think a lot of people get hell bent on doing things the right way and if you care so much about doing it the right way like you're gonna it's wrong (laughs) like do what feels good to you Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is so, so interesting because it bespeaks again of the true nature of the divine feminine. And if you're listening Mm -hmm. to this, I'm going to honor what Hannah already said, but repeat it in a different way and say, look, when we are speaking of the divine feminine and the divine masculine, these are energies. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be confined to your sex or your gender or that you have to believe like one or the other. It's, It's so much more fluid than that. Like energies are so much more fluid than we think. And it isn't about constructing a binary that is going to further divide us or that is going to further other or wrong other people. Mm -hmm. It's about if you tune in to the divine feminine or divine masculine energy much more than, you know, whatever, then you honor that space, but honor them in their true centered and healing spaces. You know, like we were talking earlier, it's about really getting curious about recognizing and asking questions and get curious about why this calls to you and get curious about why this resonates with you. And if you Mm -hmm. identify as female and you want to claim the goddess and you want to be a priestess and a warrioress and all of the archetypes that come with it, then do it. I mean, that is your calling and it's there for a reason. It's calling to your soul for a reason. And again, it's so fluid and it's fluid because nothing in the universe stands still. If it stands still and it stagnates, it is dead and it is dead in a way that it cannot be revived. Life, universe, everything is meant to be in a constant state of 
flux of movement of vibration because everything in the universe is made up of light vibration and energy mm-hmm. and so of course we find all of these ebbs and flows and to me what i think is happening and why this has become such a trend you know like you go on tiktok and you're gonna find like so many witch videos out there now oh, it's, it's crazy. wild it's <laughs> cool actually it's a little eh, it's kind of how i felt about when like everybody got on the, got on the yoga train all of a sudden i was a little like eh, okay but honor yeah. the space wholeheartedly and honor it with full capacity like don't just do things to do them because there's a downside to that as well but what i'm trying to say is i think a lot of us are awakening to that it's that like like thump 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 that like call of the goddess is so powerful right now and it has been for a couple of years and i've been feeling it most strongly for the past seven years or eight years of my life where sitting in a red tent surrounded by women and feeling that divine flow and that alive fire just woke me up and it started to really help me see that I was not deserving of less, that I really was worthy of so much and that literally that connection to the goddess herself is drawing up and out an energy within us that already resides within us that says, I will not be silenced. I will not be put in a corner. I will not be made to feel bad or asked to be or demanded to be good all the time according to these parameters. And I will not make myself little and I will not be caged up by absolutely anything because that's the Mm -hmm. thing is the divine feminine cannot be caged we are wild creatures we are creatures who are meant to go out under the freaking moonlight naked if we want to yes enjoy (laughs) and relish that like almost feral nature that makes us so powerful because we are and when you do tap into that essence there is no stopping that fire there is no stopping that's the true magic and it comes from a really deep and honest place that has very little to do with shoulds or have tos or musts or follow the like specific guidelines of this and that and if you don't then you're wrong and you're right a lot of us have already been embodying that space in ways that we didn't even know like if you've been manifesting for the last couple of years guess what you've already tapped into the essence of the witch in that sense because that means you know and recognize you are the creatrix of your own life that is witch energy that is witch power that is witch truth and it's the same thing for many many other different things and we're healers that's the thing is like witches were always healers they were wise folk they were the ones who knew hey use this herb it's going to help you with that hey look at this it's going to take your spirit further shamans you know healers people who guided others to the connection into the divine and within and with the divine those were always the realms of the witch in that sense and so i think that we just kind of get caught up on these ideas and these stories that we were told because they were told for a purpose they were told to keep us in place like i said earlier and they were told in such a way that we were like vilified to the point where we freaked out in fact i am a huge nerd and like a huge movie buff and i was just thinking about this as you were talking because there's i don't know if you've ever seen the movie into the woods Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So one of my favorite musicals of all time, and at the end or toward the end, there's this one scene 
where all the characters have gone through their own sort of like development and adventure mm-hmm. and all of the stuff and they have everything they want but then the giant comes in and starts trying to like destroy everything because they've taken her love from her and they start passing they start doing the hot potato blame game like you no, it's it was your fault you did this you did that no you did that and the the witch character finally is like a nerf because then they all start pointing the finger at her and of course it's the witch's fault because she's the witch and she's the easiest one to target and there's these words that she says or she says to them you're so nice you're not good you're not bad you're just nice you know and it's just right she's like i'm the witch i'm the world i'm the hitch um i'm the one that no one believes i'm the witch and it's so akin and it's so true to the way in which we do treat not just the idea of the witch but the idea of the feminine like feminine mm-hmm. always gets treated as that other that is wrong you're what's wrong you're what's dirty oh you're you know it just it gets that other sense of it's your fault which leads me all the way back to eve <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, what's annoying too is like, okay, like, can we also be the dirt? Like there's so many goddesses that I've been learning about that are what we would consider fertility goddesses, but they were actually like goddesses of literally dirt or filth or it's like this either, you know, we're the whore or the holy woman. It's like, well, can we be both? Like, can I be both the whore and the holy woman? And um yeah so yeah let's talk about Eve because we've done this before and it gets like super (laughs) exciting I love talking about Eve and like the different uh theories and theology around the creation story and what people take away from from Eve in this story so I'll let you go ahead and start that off because I'm excited to hear yes oh my god no me too and I'm excited to share it and I always get excited to share in space with you because it's like oh I get to talk about stuff that like no one else understands you know it just feels good (laughs) which is another reason why we wanted this episode to like lend that space for others who might be in this space and feeling kind of disjointed or out of place is you're not you're heard you are seen you're not alone we are here and you know what it's going to be okay and um so yeah I So, okay, Eve, this is a concept that I've heard over and over and over again that has been used to belittle and demean and mistreat Mm -hmm. and excuse the abuse and the violation of the feminine in all her forms. And it is gut-wrenching to me because I think it's so misunderstood. Now, words we have to remember, okay, each and every one of us on this planet has one way to see things and it's our way. We're going to relate to the world in the manner in which we best can. And so when we read books, when we read stories, when we hear stories, when we relate to narrations, we're all going to interpret different, we're all going to understand different, and we're all going to come at it from a different point of view with different agendas. I say Mm -hmm. this because of the story of the Garden of of Eden. And so my take on this, and this is something that I've only come to think about over the last like one or two years. And I think to me, this is what's resonated the most true is the following, is that Adam and Eve were in Eden, which as they are described as beings of light, to me, it just feels as though they are this part of spirit 
in their insoul and they're experiencing their realm in this light filled way, which is very much separate from the matter filled world that we are used to inhabiting in as much as that isn't their primary, their primary is spirit. So they're spirit and they're here and they're experiencing this from a different perspective and soul then gets curious, which is where I think the tree and the, like the idea of the fruit comes in, which is what, what I think happened was, I think Eve was spirit getting curious about the possibility of having a human matter-filled experience. It's kind of like Alan Watts describes it as, imagine what it would be like, and I'm sorry if I butchered this exact quote, but it, but it goes like, imagine if you what it would be like to wake up having known you never went to sleep in the first place or something like that, where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you're being birthed, but you're being birthed from like, already being awake you know it's not as if you were asleep before you've you've chosen to take on this experience as a soul um from a soul to a matter-filled world and i think that that's what it was and to me the consumption of the fruit of knowledge of good and evil to me that's ego so when she chooses to embody this full matter-filled realm, she's choosing to take on that ego onto herself. And so now that ego is going to start saying, hey, good, bad, light, dark, blah, blah, blah. It does all the things that we've already kind of talked about prior to this point in this episode. And so that's my take on it. And it changes everything. And then after you you talk, I'm, I'm going to let you go. Um, I want you to share a bit about that and, else, and kind of how it res- resonates with you. But I also want to talk about Lilith when we get a chance. Yeah, no, I love your perspective of the creation story. I've been like, we could have legitimately an entire episode, if not like 10 on on the creation story and on Eve. Um, But I love this perspective. And it goes so beautifully with how we're seeing people understand our lives that we have right now. Like we're not humans having a human experience We're you know, ethereal celestial beings having a human experience. Mm -hmm. And so many of us are realizing the difference between ego and our holy spirit or our intuition or our higher selves our heavenly twin and i love your version of it because that makes so much sense and it's so beautiful versus like like you said we've been raised in a culture where even if you are not raised in a christian household it still is like very rooted in society just in general like women were the fall of man like we caused it all and um i have even been like learning different theories that the serpent was actually jesus or christ at the time and that um i mean it's just like wild whenever you start to actually get into the creation story if you haven't read if anybody's listening to this you can read the secret revelation of john and it's a different alternative to the creation story and it gives so many um it fills a lot of holes and it also gives like a little bit of a bigger picture uh this you cannot find in a new new testament it's one of the gnostic books that were found and it's so wild whenever you've like learned for so long a story that's been taken literally as like there was literally a man named adam literally a woman named eve and because they ate a fruit like all of humanity is damned and when you say that you're just like that is the weirdest freaking story i have ever heard in my life and like how this came to all of a sudden be the fall of man so if you're listening and you're like no this was legitimately a literal story look into deeper meanings like there's deeper meanings behind all of these 
stories. And I find that like whatever speaks to you and whatever your spirit is telling you, collectively, we get to understand our divine source better by hearing each other's perspectives. Because that's how we even are, you know, given uh, direction. That's how we're given you know, for people that want to believe that the Bible is inerrant or um, it is God's word, like the only way that that would have happened is if God spoke through people. So whenever you hear someone else's perspective of a story, that is very eye-opening. And that is a glimpse into source, into the divine, into goddess, into God. Um, so this is just a little, you know, PSA about openness and willingness, like willingness to listen to someone other, someone else's take on something. Um, and I love hearing new perspectives of how Eve wasn't the fall of man, but maybe she was leading Adam into a, a an adventure, into a journey, um, into enlightenment, into freedom. So, um, so yeah, I really love your perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which also brings to mind two other things that are kind of same, like in, in the vein of dude. Okay. Remember we're interpreting this, right? You're absolutely right. Like, let's not get too hung up on the details. Cause at the end of the day, this is a story. So again, we're going to interpret right. it from our <laughs> own understandings and things. A, if it makes you uncomfortable to think of God as goddess, I would take a step back and ask why. Because at the end of the day, if we are saying that God is a man and that that is it and that there's, let's say, you can't change it, then I'm going to say that we are being highly full of ourselves and that that is really pejorative to God because we are trying to then put him in a human box. You can't contain mm-hmm. the divine in a human box and in your own paradigms and in your own beliefs. That is incredibly arrogant. So God, goddess, universe, spirit, source, all the same. Why get so hung up on the sex when that is a binary construct that we like to hang on to for our our own personal reasons. Now, yes, are there both male and female energies? Yes, you've heard me say it before, and I will say it again. There are. They're both two sides of the same coin, though. And so wouldn't it make sense God encompasses everything? Because if everything is in God and nothing is outside of him or her, then why would we confine God, goddess, to like one sex only perpetually forever and it can't be anything else that's crazy because if the energies of both divine feminine and divine divine female exist and they do and we see them and we feel them and especially when we really get into what each represents then none of those can exist outside of the whole Mm -hmm. so that's the first the other it always cracked me up about the story about adam and eve too because i was like okay well i get that you're trying to make a point that women are evil and we're seductresses and we're like lustful and we're the ones that are like causing the fall of men and everything but aren't you also kind of implying that man is really weak like literally yes that's that is like what i have always been so perplexed by is like wait how can we as women be a lower sex if we have that much power that like man who is the most dominating of the sexes is so weak Mm -hmm. and i refuse to believe that too because i'm over here like i feel like like the um like masculine like men have been robbed of their nurturing femininity that is innately in 
everyone and then we've been robbed of our power and so it's not to be like oh men are actually the weak ones it's like no that's what the church has been implying Mm -hmm. that y'all are like the that identifying males are the domineer like domineering sex but they're also so weak while we are supposed to be second class and we're conniving and wise. And that's just baffling to me that that has been the rhetoric for, you know, over thousands of years. And it's like, that's insane to me. It's like, nuts. Oh, wow. It's talking out of both sides of your mouth. Like it, yes. it's, make up your mind. Either you're saying one thing or you're saying the other, but like, let's take a look at the the full like spectrum here because otherwise it makes no sense and then we're just robbing ourselves of our own power and you know what it does cause a lot of pain for everyone collectively we are all carrying very deep-seated mother wounds and father wounds because we've just put so much pressure on focusing on certain aspects only and kind of separating those from the whole of existence and like really focusing only on the strength of the masculine, for example, where, yeah, the masculine is very strong, but the masculine is also protective and it is can be very nurturing in its own way. Mm-hmm. It was just a matter of really taking a step back and going, but just because you're saying strong doesn't mean destructive. Yet that is the, that is the energy we keep tapping into. And with the feminine, just because we are nurturing doesn't mean we are weak. Man, the feminine is so powerful. It is like be beyond literally that's why i like like you said you've been looking into goddesses and stuff yeah that's like my jam like all day long and one of the goddesses that i resonate with the most especially as i've like experienced a lot of her presence in my life lately is kali you know who like is considered the destroyer but there are listen you cannot have rebirth without destruction but imagine of the amount of like strength and force that it does take to destroy and uproot something That's not meek. That's not Mm -hmm. flimsy. That's freaking powerful. Are you kidding me? So yeah, we got to just kind of take a step back and be like, whoa, take take a second to really observe the whole of everything. And it's the same with all the aspects of either uh, or both, I should say, the divine feminine and the divine masculine, because each has their own archetypes. And those archetypes have their own merging points you know so like recently toward the end of 2020 I created like an archetype a goddess archetype quiz and it was interesting to me because I wasn't doing it to make us any of us feel like oh I'm you know just this I'm just the creatrix and that means that this and this and this I mean yes but there's so much nuance you can always tap into that energy today and wake up tomorrow and discover that you are the lioness or you can wake up and be the seeker, or you can be more than one at the same time. And that is beautiful. And that is part of the beautiful divine energy and essence of the feminine. Because like I said, it ebbs, it flows, it gives room, it holds space. You've got all of these elements and they're going to change and they're going to transform and they're going to be moving into this one and that can tether into that one. And just because you're soft doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, weak. And it just, it it just gets so like, there's so much richness there. Mm Yeah. And like specifically speaking towards like menstruating humans, we literally wake up every day different. So Mm -hmm. when you're going throughout your cycle, you might have like, you might actually for like a week want to be, be in like 
like you were talking about, like be a specific type of archetype, which another week, another one might resonate with you. And, you know, you might need to like call upon the attributes of a different archetype because you need to channel that feeling that day based on like whatever you've got going on. And so I totally agree with you. It's not about confining yourself to like one thing, but realizing that there's so much richness, richness and beauty within all of this and that's why like it cannot be confined and that's why like if you identify as a witch like there's not like a specific right path like it is supposed to be a very empowering thing for you to explore and for you to like like I oh my goodness this last year deconstructing like everything I've believed regarding um witchcraft regarding archetypes deities like I had gotten to the point where I either realized that there was either no like no god like there was there was the source divine god goddess and there was like nothing below or that literally everything I've ever read and that anybody else has ever believed is real Mm -hmm. And so I chose the latter. I was like, because I realized even understanding my own beliefs that the Old Testament God was very much so an Israeli God, a lower deity in the can like canon pantheon. And once I like learned that, I was like, so that means my entire life I've been praying to a desert God of Israel. Why? like why versus like why now I've given myself the permission to explore like if I wanted to work with another archetype or another deity which is a type of archetype of our creator so like I still very much so am a huge follower of Christ teaching Mm -hmm. but I also Mm -hmm. really resonate with Hecate And so I right now have a black candle and a white candle lit because uh, so much of like what I need is that mother figure is that like, like dark mother, lover, like warrior, like that's what I need. Mm -hmm. And I love that archetype. And so it sounds so scary because it's like, oh, that sounds like watered down faith or that sounds like you are succumbing to darkness, like even in the Bible. Like God says that I created the light in the dark. Like there is no darkness without light, light without darkness. And I think that's one of the really like liberating things of exploring our, you know, ancestral witches. Because yep. even if it wasn't the word witch, healer, seer, oracle, um, all of these are synonymous for that role of that woman in that village. And I think that is such a beautiful thing knowing at one Once upon a time, these were generally like the most educated people in the village. These were people that were taking care of everyone in their village and everyone in the village took care of them. And I just think that there's so much beauty and power in that, that I love that we see this resurgence of like women and men wanting to claim the word witch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they were honored and respected and given the space that they needed to really bring all of that joyful, energetic field into fruition. Because again, it is about acknowledging to me, well, first of all, I mean, and maybe I wasn't super specific about this, but let's be clear to me, at least in my opinion, we can't have a conversation about which without having a conversation about women, because 
It's just, yeah, I mean, it just goes hand in hand. Um, But also too, I mean, just the fact that that is your empowerment, really stepping up to the plate and declaring yourself responsible, owner, and creator of your own life. I mean, if that isn't Mm -hmm. powerful, I don't know what is. And I mean, literally, when we talk about stuff like that too, I think we can touch on a few of like the misconceptions as well before time's up. But I think one of the misconceptions about this is that, oh, which is kind of like in Sabrina, the teenage witch, the original one, like, well, not Mm -hmm. the original one, but the one from like the nineties or whatever, whenever you and I grew up, um, that she, you could just point a finger and make things happen. That's not at all how it works either. No, no, (laughs) no yeah it's so funny because I think like you you said it's so fun seeing like all the TikToks and you know like witch talk is huge on TikTok and Mm -hmm. it's really really fun but I think a lot of people get in their head that it's like about a specific color candle with a specific Mm -hmm. herb and you have to read like a specific incantation and it's just not like that at all like all of these things all of these tools are just used to further your intention and honestly like back whenever I only had prayer because like I still you know like prayer and meditation is how you ask and receive Mm -hmm. but whenever you grow up in like a rigid belief structure like you might have a specific prayer you say at certain times of the day you might be like oh um dear god please help me to you know get to work on time like something like that you know (laughs) and then when it comes to rituals like because even for anyone listening to this is triggered and like maybe you had a christian background or you are christian like rituals are just like all over the bible like altars rituals sacrifices Mm -hmm. all of that so that's not like unique to anything other I mean like that's within the bible too but uh we just don't have that in like fundamentalist evangelical christian world and Mm -hmm. so whenever I like light specific candles and maybe I do like anoint them in oil and maybe I do use specific herbs and like maybe I do write my own quote-unquote spell and I do prayers and meditation my rituals now are like 20 times longer than any prayer I've ever done in the past. Mm -hmm. And like, is that not awesome? Is that not like what we like, that's like way deeper than this like superficial, like dear God, X, Y, Z, thanks, please. And thank you. Hopefully this will be answered. That's Um, the perfect way to describe it. It's so much. It's more than just like rubbing the lamp. Yes, exactly. And I feel like that even, even as like, I like grew up Baptist, um, evangelical, and I really, really, really struggled to like the, you know, pressure of performance and wanting to be good, but it was more so to like appease my parents and appease people in the church. But like, I still always had this like super, super innate, um, ability. I felt like to communicate with God. So I never like, there's a lot of people that have that story of like working hard to be good. And they like completely like threw out the baby with bathwater. And Mm -hmm. instead for me, it was more the opposite of like, I did not get any of the dogma because I felt like I had such a strong connection with my higher power that I was like more confused by the rules and the rigidity of the church. So like when I left, I was like, I'm so done with the church, but like, I have way too many experiences with the divine to like ignore their existence. And for me to be able to like, finally, honestly have fun 
have fun with spirituality like if spirituality isn't fun then like what the fuck are we doing here like I'm having so much fun being able to like light candles and like do ancestral work and healing and shadow work sucks I will not call that fun (laughs) that is not fun but it just makes everything mean more and there's purpose and it's not just like I use some dried rose petals with a purple candle and like called something cute out into existence like I literally feel like spiritual presence like I feel whenever I am working through some really deep trauma and shit and then also to not just like sit in that but then celebrate doing that and to like celebrate like the joy of having a deep relationship with god and goddesses and to like have so much fun finally giving yourself permission to research other like paths and like not for in the sense of it becoming part of your path but knowledge is awesome and for so long we have been scared and told like oh if you read about this or if you look into this then that means that's a sign that you're weak and you're not like a quote-unquote real christian i give atheists all the time scriptures to use against those kind of christians because it is better for you like anyone listening to this if you are not at all affiliated with a religion you're atheist you want like nothing to do with this maybe this is really annoying there's nothing more powerful than you being equipped with your own weaponry against people with their own like the same thing that they're using against you and that was one of my things too like for a lot of hardcore evangelical christians that are still just like spewing so much of the like same just the same like rhetoric yeah yeah i'm trying to be like gentle with my words it's like there's nothing wrong with doing some research because if you really truly believe in what you believe like what would it hurt for you to dig into the research so you have more proof and i know like everything about christianity is faith 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 faith. but does it hurt for you to like also have some critical thinking in your back pocket like not so much and it could only help you if you know overhurt you so It's much more easy. It's easier to be manipulated when you don't actually question, even by yourself. Like you can manipulate your own self if you don't actually start asking questions as to in terms of like stories, for example, your stories are going to run the gambit of you if you don't step back and, and question, well, why? Like, let me go further. What's really underneath this? What's really showing up? So yeah, I 100% agree with you. And it's all, I think you're right. I think it's so joyful and it's so beautiful that you can step into those spaces and be like, yes, I am going to sit now and ground and call my presence into this moment and then call spirit and invite God, goddess, God X, you know, into yes, this yeah. space and really allow that communication to be there. That's perfect. I mean, look, the tools we use are not meant to be given power in an external way. Cause I think a lot of times too, we do spend a lot of, a lot of our time externalizing our power. We give our power away too freely to external sources in so many different ways. But I mean, we take like three hours to talk about that. However, we don't do it to, yeah, we don't do these manifestation boards or light candles or anoint can, uh, yeah, light candles and anoint them or do any of these things to give, because those things have power and to give those things power over our lives. Nope. It's kind of the other way around. We 
we have the power and we want to be very present with that and be very present with what's going on internally. And so Mm -hmm. we use these as tools for our task of creation. And sometimes things don't come out the way that we want them to. And sometimes it's just not the time. And sometimes it's just, it's, there's so many like little different nuance, like things that go into play with that, but also to the fact that, that we, we are the vessel. We are the ones that are really channeling that divine energy. And we are the ones that are going to bring it forth if we Mm -hmm. give ourselves the space to, and if we give ourselves the chance to, and remember it is us. So you very easily could wake up today and man and, and meditate and just have a conversation with spirit, God X universe. And have that be your manifestation space without even having to cut up one single picture and how beautiful is that and also how nice to have that connection to the divine you know how nice to have that direct line and to know yourself as the divine one Mm -hmm. and only and connected and never separated and that is also super super empowering in my opinion because otherwise it just becomes again that external and also too like you said yeah shadow work is not fun in quote unquote like the way that we'd expect to like go to disney (laughs) fun you know it's not like that but it is so healing and it's so transformative and it's so important because then if you sit down and you go oh i'm gonna manifest blah 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 but you don't believe yourself worthy or if you haven't really done the work and you haven't gone but Beneath the surface, put the energetic into it, and then actually take in steps to bring this fruition, then it's not going to happen. Because again, it isn't about snapping your fingers and it happens. There's so much that goes into it. You have to heal yourself. You have to go deeper. Melissa Tipton, who's a really beautiful soul, she came onto the show last season to talk about specifically that in terms of like from a Jungian psychology, she's a Jungian witch, you know, she's like, if your unconscious isn't really healed, and if you're not having these conversations with you, your magic is just not going to work. And I agree with that 100%. And it's kind of like that about every aspect of our life. So these thoughts, these ideas that we have, these misconceptions about witches, they're just kind of all over the place. And I think they disempower us and they disconnect us from what's really at play there, which is honoring ourselves and honoring the divine because we are honoring ourselves. So it's kind of all circular and it all comes back to the same space. Yeah. Oh, no, it's so true. I, I We could talk about this seriously all day because I just feel like the more um, the more that you allow yourself to really explore these other, uh, I mean, cause it's so funny. Cause I come from like a very, very, um, entrepreneurial business kind of mindset. And I realized once I started getting into, uh, understanding shadow work, understanding, like needing to heal a lot of like your suppressed trauma and how that can actually help you manifest the things that you truly want. It's like, you learn that these are already implemented in so many of the ways that we exist within like uh, business courses and within like, you know, leader, CEO leadership and like at conferences. And you're like, whether you know it or not, like you could be like, all of that is phony baloney. You are either calling in or, or like real cursing people or casting spells without even knowing it. Mm -hmm. And so to me, once I started to explore the path of witchcraft, I realized I was like, I've been doing a lot of this stuff willy nilly without even like understanding what I was doing. Like gossip is cursing, you know, like, like having, um, ill thoughts towards, 
someone or something or some group like that is still energy being sent to that and think so it's like when you start to really understand that everything is an energetic flow you start becoming more accountable and responsible for the way that you live your life so when things come up like you know like we laughed about it on tuesday on tuesday y'all we were supposed to have our podcast on tuesday and um that morning early i decided to go get my uh, car registration done and it ended up being just like a total shit show of a day and you reminded me to breathe and that there was like a reason to why this was happening but after that I just realized like I was having these human interactions with people at that at the facility that I normally don't get to have I was like I get to decide how I want my presence to be in this space and I get to decide if this is a mess of a day or if it's an adventure like is this a like waste of a day or is this like another opportunity for me to interact with other people and it ended up being a funny experience versus like it was such a quote-unquote nightmare just because everything kept going what people would think is wrong but it ended up helping me uh shift my view of like what's wrong and what's right and you get to be just like so much more accountable for what you think is bad and what you actually use as an opportunity for something good so I just think it's so true it's so true and like I loved that you were like just take a deep breath everything will be fine I'm like oh you can like meditate all you want but you still need someone to tell you (laughs) to breathe we all need each other that's what we're here for and also too because it's funny because yeah you're right we had the conversation and then (laughs) um I had to also acknowledge that you know what yeah that's a safe this space but we can also in that safe space acknowledge just because this is going to be fine and we are okay doesn't mean it, it doesn't suck (laughs) and but we can still choose and that goes back I'm honoring what you just said in terms of the choice it's it's up to you is it going to be a real horrible freaking time or is it going to be uplifting because you're letting it and then you're choosing it and then it just transforms everything but also that makes you the author which means it's your responsibility man and that I think also makes us a little bit gun shy and that's where I think a lot of the spiritual bypassing comes into play as well yes oh my gosh but listen Hannah we are slightly past time already what I think we're gonna do let's do this we're gonna wrap things up we're gonna give all the listeners all the ways where they can find you and connect with you and all of that good stuff and we are going to keep this conversation going and if the listeners want to keep joining us then they can go onto the patreon and hear what else we have to say That sounds fantastic. Let's do it. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So uh, where can the listeners find you? And also before you do that or after, however you want to do it, um, just a few words in your opinion as to how to become uplifted. Alrighty. So if anybody wants to find me, you can find me on Instagram at the Hannah Moon. You can email me at hello Hannah Moon at gmail.com and Um, In replace of a website, um, you can actually text me at 720-704-4858 and I send out resources and like daily downloads via text message. Um, I just feel like that's a really fun way to get to know people. So you can find me there. And then also a great way to be uplifted is I just like really, no one needs to give you permission, but we give you permission right now to go research whatever it is that you feel like your heart is calling, like calling you to research, um, realize that your there's a difference in intuition 
And there's a difference in your ego self gaslighting and for you to be able to really strengthen and hone in on your connection with the divine with your intuition is one of the most empowering one of the most powerful tools to empower you to have the life that you really want so for me it was tarot and i really loved the intuitive or the art of intuitive tarot on daily home so if that's something that calls to you i really really highly recommend it Yay. Okay. Well, thank you, Hannah. And again, if you guys really want to listen to the rest of this conversation, which I think you will and you should, then you can check my Patreon out. Welcome back, beautiful listeners. Oh, I hope that you enjoyed that interview. And hopefully you now can see why the extended episode is going to be so good to dive into. If you do want access to that, the show now has a Patreon account and you can access that by going to patreon.com forward slash your soulful goddess. And in doing this, you help the show stay on for longer and reach more and more souls. So get curious. Go check out the Patreon itself. And if you want to get a hold of me while I work out the new email address situation, you can find me on Instagram at Your Soulful Goddess. And get excited for next week's episode because my guest is going to share so much about somatic healing. And he is just extraordinary. So I know you're going to enjoy that interview. Now, have a wonderful day. Stay in touch. And I will talk to you all next Monday.